from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. want to thank Eric Cerrone for being a part of the show. You just heard from him, OCC Lasers men's basketball head coach, getting back to the action after after it being off of the, the court for a minute here. It's been some time. It's been... It's been pretty much a month since the last time they have been on the court, which is insane to think about. The last game that they played was on December 13th, two days before my G-Mama's birthday. Shout out to G in heaven. I love you very much. Bryant and Stratton coming up here January 10th. That game is on Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern time at Allen Hall in Syracuse, New York. It's their last game before they play inside of the MSAC, the Mid-State Athletic Conference, and that first game in the MSAC is on January 12th at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, which is this coming Saturday. That game is also in Syracuse at OCC at Allen Hall, so come out and see that game as well before they head off onto the road, and then they'll come home for a bunch before the Mid-State Athletic Conference Championship comes to fruition. So the team right now currently is eight and five. They have lost one. They yeah. Pardon me. See, this is where the tongue tie thing comes in. My tongue has been all over the place today. It's not cooperating with the rest of the mouth. So the team is six and two at home. They're two and three on the road. They haven't played a neutral court game yet, and they lost their last game. Eight and five is where they stand right now on the better side of things. And as you heard from Eric Cerrone, they win the MSAC. They stay at the top of the MSAC, and that's what matters because that helps you, obviously, with the Mid-State Athletic Conference Championship, and it also helps you with preparing for the NJCAA's Division Three Region Three Championship Tournament and hopefully forward from there as the team continues to progress and do well. So a big thanks to Jason Leone, who's 9-2, and two, and to Eric Cerrone, who's 8-5. and five. Two teams in Central New York on the better side of 500 and continuing to move their teams forward as they have games set up this week to get back on the court and back in front of you here in Central New York. The conversation is shifting from the court to the field now as we discuss this national championship game. Now, I had the opportunity of discussing this championship game, obviously, with Jason Leone, as you heard just a little while ago in the first hour of the show. But there's a lot to get into, and, you know, we could talk about this throughout the week, and we will talk about this throughout the week. But, you know, this this really was, I mean, this is Clemson's game. And the final AP came out, and Clemson took the top spot. Clemson, the only team to say, how about this, because UCF lost, the only team in Division 1A football, FBS football, out of 130 institutions, there's only one team that can say that they're undefeated in college football in the FBS at the end of the 2018-19 season, and that is Clemson at 15-0. and No other team in the entire nation of Division 1A FBS football can say that they're undefeated, except for the Clemson Tigers. 15-0, Alabama is two. Ohio State, here's the thing that's hilarious. Ohio State didn't get to play in the college football playoff, and I thought they should have, and I thought it would be great swan song for Dwayne Haskins Jr. 
And I thought they had an opportunity to beat Alabama, but they didn't let them in. They jumped two spots to third. Notre Dame, who played in the college football playoff, isn't even regarded in the final top four. Clemson won, Alabama two, Ohio State jumps to three, Oklahoma stays at four, Notre Dame at five. I think they should have fell farther than that when they got blown out by Clemson. LSU at six with a 10-3 and record. Then Florida and Georgia, three teams in a row of the SEC. Then we have Texas at 10-4, and four, Washington State at 11-2. and two. And see, this is a travesty. You got a three-loss Florida team, a three-loss LSU team, a three-loss Georgia team, a four-loss Texas team, and you got UCF at 11th at 12-1. and one. And they lost by a touchdown and a two-point conversion to LSU with their backup quarterback playing. Maybe just maybe UCF should be above Texas's 10-4 and four season. Washington State 10th at 11-2. and two. Kentucky is 12th, 13th is Washington, 14th is Michigan, 15th is Syracuse. Syracuse moves up two spots to end the 2018-19 season, ranked 15th in the nation of 130 teams at 10-3. and Texas A&M is behind Syracuse. This is the only time since Syracuse joined the ACC that they could say they were above Jimbo Fisher, who's not a part of the ACC anymore, was the former Florida State head coach. And just finished up his first season with Texas A&M with the Aggies. And Syracuse is 15. Texas A&M is 16. 17 is Penn State. Also, been a long time since Syracuse could say they're ranked higher than Penn State. 18th is Fresno State. 19th, shout out to Army, who's back in the polls after a long hiatus at 11-2. They won their bowl game 70-14 over Houston, which ultimately ended with the firing of Major Applewhite and bringing in of Dana Holgerson, the former West Virginia head coach, who coached his last game at West Virginia up against Syracuse in a loss. West Virginia, ironically, is 20th behind Army. Then you have 21 Northwestern, Utah State, who never should have been taken out of the top, uh, never should have been taken out of the top 25, was put back in after finishing the season 11 and 2. Boise State 10 and 3. Utah State was behind Boise State in the conference in the Mountain West, but ultimately Utah State ends in the rankings above them, which I agree with. Cincinnati squeaks in to get two American Athletic Conference teams into the top 25. Cincinnati at 11-2, and two, and Iowa will round out the top 25 at 9-4. and four. And that's where our rankings are. Appalachian State had 96 votes, so that got them very close to being in the top 25. They end 26th. Then Stanford, Mississippi State, Utah, UAB, which I think should be there, after winning a bowl game and having a winning season a year removed from canceling their football program. Iowa State behind that. Auburn, Oregon, Missouri, Troy, Georgia Southern, Oklahoma State, NC State, Wisconsin, and dropped from the rankings were Mississippi State, Utah, Missouri, and Iowa State in this final ranking. So, Clemson at the top where they should be. Notre Dame fifth. Too high for Notre Dame in this situation. UCF too low at 11. And Syracuse, you can argue, is too low at 15, but top 15 finish after not being ranked for 17 years. I think that Syracuse can find some peace and find some happiness in being ranked wherever they're ranked because it's just good to see them back on the ranker, is it not? So a shout-out to the Syracuse Orange, who have had a tremendous effort and have gotten themselves to where they are right now, which is a beautiful thing. And locked up Dino Babers with an extension, and, and I'm sure that coming with more money, Syracuse does not give out any information on any of that. 
So you don't know how much it is for sure, for sure. But like I told you before, when he came into Syracuse and Mark Coyle, the athletics director at the time, had said yes to Dino, the notion was, and from my understanding and from my sources that I trust, that Dino had signed a contract with Syracuse that was for six years, which would take him through 2022. So this recent extension that just happened around the bowl game would be from 2022 on but like I said, I'm sure that it was more money than it was adding a ton of years. I would think that it's more more money than anything to make sure that he's taken care of. Now, I put up a, a post about Syracuse and Clemson because if you go back to Clemson's schedule this season, which I'll do for you right now, Clemson defeated Furman by 41. Then they defeated Texas A&M by 2. They defeated Georgia Southern by 31. They defeated Georgia Tech by 28. And then they face Syracuse at home in Death Valley, where Clemson has not lost a game since the end of the 2016 season, two years ago. They barely defeat Syracuse, who made defensive mistakes at the end of the game, had a first down on a fourth down, but an ineligible receiver was ruled downfield. So you take a penalty away, you take Eric Dungy's not great decisions on their last drive away. Syracuse had, what I'm trying to say is Syracuse had this game in their hands where they could win and they made mistakes. The penalty, defensive woes, not silencing, but somewhat containing Travis Etienne. And then at the end of the game, he breaks open. Having the penalty of the ineligible receiver downfield, Eric Dungy not making the best decisions on their last drive. This game was in Syracuse's hands with a couple minutes to go. And after Clemson knew what it felt like to have in the entire Death Valley silenced, it made Death Valley Death Valley, but for other reasons, because there was no life. Couldn't hear anything. Not a whisper. After almost losing to Syracuse at home, this team kicked into high gear, defeated Wake Forest by 60, Defeated NC State by 34. Defeated FSU by 49. Defeated Louisville by 61. Defeated Boston College by 20. Defeated Duke by 29. Defeated South Carolina in their rivalry game by 21. Defeated Pittsburgh in the ACC championship by 32 points. Defeated Notre Dame in the college football playoff semifinal in the Cotton Bowl by 27, and won the national championship by 28 points, four touchdowns. After Syracuse gave Clemson a game, nobody else did for the rest of the season. Not in the college football semis and not in the national championship game. Alabama got blown out by Clemson, the only two teams to push Clemson this year, Jimbo Fisher's Texas A&M and Syracuse. The only two teams. And after almost losing at home to Syracuse, Clemson took their anger out on the rest of the world and spanked Wake, NC State, FSU, Louisville, BC, Duke, South Carolina, Pitt, Notre Dame, and Alabama. 
They embarrassed everybody after Syracuse gave them a big-time fight. So I put a post out there that said, is it a good time to mention that the last game Clemson did not blow out their opponent was against Syracuse. The Orange were the last close game the Tigers played this season. Cody said, choke, tied, choke, ACC rules, football, and basketball. Cuse only gave up 27, not 44. We want Bama, is what he said as a Cuse fan. Skip said, so Clemson will hear this chatter and use it as motivation. The worst thing would be to assume any kind of superiority. Use it to recruit finishers to what was not finished. Go Cuse. Tim said, Syracuse gave Clemson a wake-up call. And I said back to Tim G, thank you for the shout-out. And he said, no problemo. So, good stuff there. He wanted to use a little play on words, bring it back to the show. Always appreciate that. So, Syracuse gave Clemson a wake-up call. And an ode to the name of the show. I appreciate that, Tim. Uh, Cody also said, sad part is people give me blank, saying Syracuse didn't play against Trevor Lawrence. And I'm like, how didn't we? We heard him and he went out. Little sunshine looking boy from Remember the Titans. Only team Clemson didn't blow out was Syracuse. Now all they need is a Clemson win next year with DeVito leading and knock off the defending champs. Now remember, a couple of years ago, or well, actually it, was, it wasn't this season, it was last season. Clemson was coming off of a national championship. They were reigning national champion, number two ranked team in the country. Syracuse beat them in the Dome. This year... Syracuse plays Clemson in the Dome coming off of a national championship. The stage is set once again. And Syracuse a hell of a lot better than they were on that 4-8 and eight season. Stacy said the last regular season loss Clemson had was also to Syracuse. Game day coming to the Dome. Johnny said kind of a bittersweet point because what if? <clears throat> Meaning, what if Syracuse had won the game? What would it have turned into? So, I get it. There's a lot of love for this post that's out there. A lot of Syracuse fans enjoying this and appreciating this. You know, taking that win for Clemson and saying, well, if Clemson looks this good and Syracuse is the last team that pushed them to the brink, well, hell yes for Syracuse and what that means for the future. On top of that, the fact that, again, the last time that Clemson won a national championship, they got beat by Syracuse. The next season. Big time game here, though. A lot of great things that were happening in this game. And Alabama, in the first half, Tua threw a pick six early on. He came right back, beamed it to Jerry Judy for a touchdown. Jacksonville Jaguars fans, I'm sure, wishing Jerry Judy of Alabama was available right now, but he's not. He's available in 2020. It was a 7-7 tie, 14 points scored in less than three minutes to start the game. Travis Etienne rushed in 14-7 Clemson. Then Tua made passes all over the field after an early pick. He faked a handoff, rolled left, found his tight end. 14-13 Clemson after Alabama misses the extra point. 27 points with 6-23 left in the first quarter between the two teams. On fourth and one on the Clemson six, Bama goes for it, and they get the first down. At the end of the first quarter, Clemson stops Alabama going into the second quarter. So Bama had the ball at the end of the first, starting the second inside of the red zone, close to the end zone. Clemson stops Alabama, one of the big-time defensive plays here by Clemson, forcing a field goal. Alabama gets their first lead of the game, 16-14, to and Alabama would not score after that 
opening second quarter drive. They would not score for the rest of the second quarter, and they would be shut out in the entire second half of the game. Alabama would not score a single point, a single point, in the second half of the game. Tavian Feaster kept a drive alive for Clemson in the second quarter, got first down and plenty, and then ETN got a second touchdown of the game thanks to the offensive line, giving him an open lane that he burst through. 21-16, Clemson took the lead back and never looked back after that. Nick Saban goes for it again on fourth and one, and again he gets it two times on fourth down and short in the first half, and he gets both of them. Shortly after, Tua sent it ahead of his receiver, though, and Trayvon Mullen caught it in turn, getting the interception and a substantial gain. Trevor Lawrence almost threw a pick, but Jennings is able to stay with it, and then Amari Rogers goes over the middle, catches from Lawrence, who steps up in the pocket on the next play, for first and goal. So he almost throws an interception, bounces right back, steps up in the pocket, gets that pass out, first and goal from the Bama 5. And then there's a shovel pass from Trevor Lawrence to Travis Etienne, who scored his third touchdown of the game in just the first half alone, 28-16 Clemson, with almost five minutes left in the first half. Mullen came in untouched to sack Tua, forcing a fourth down punt inside of two minutes and 30 seconds. Bama had three timeouts with over 30 seconds left, and Nick Saban, they send the camera over to him, and all he does is kind of shrug his shoulders, shake his head like, y'all aren't playing well. I'm not taking a timeout. And they go into the break down 31-16 to at the half. My player of the first half was Trayvon Mullen for his sack as well as his interception. You can also make a case for the three-touchdown Travis Etienne and what he was able to do. And then in the second half, it was all Clemson, who didn't have to score a lot of points. They were up 31-16. to They only scored 13 points in the second half of the game, but they shut out Alabama. In the second half, over five minutes off the clock on their opening drive, but they end up on a fake field goal run and get nothing. Alabama's second half was about getting absolutely nothing. They take five minutes and change off the clock on their first drive of the second half, and they try to fake a field goal on fourth and four and don't get it. Then true freshman to true freshman, Trevor Lawrence to Justin Ross. Justin Ross was my player of the second half for Clemson. 74-yard touchdown, huge yards after completion here. Newman and I were having some Carvel DeWitt ice cream cake, so we had the celebratory cake for Clemson a little bit early on here in the game. It was a 24-yard pass approximately from Trevor Lawrence that had a 50-yard-after-catch run by Justin Rosk, and the upright was hit by Clemson. So Cody Parkey hits hit the upright and the and the middle part of the goalpost, and the Chicago Bears don't go past the Philadelphia Eagles. Then we see Bama hit the goalpost, but when Clemson hit it, they won the game 44-16. to And on fourth and four inside the Clemson red zone, Tua took off, didn't get it, turnover on downs. And so they had they had fourth down fake field goal, didn't work. And then they had this fourth and four. This didn't work as well as Tua tried to run it. Again, having plays in disaster situations, last-ditch efforts that just weren't good play calls and didn't work out. Two times in the second half, they had the opportunity to score and came up with nothing, and those are the two ones I'm talking about. Trey Lamar and Tanner Muse. Both made the stop on Tua Tagovailoa on a big-time 
drive there. Justin Ross had a one-handed grab on the right sideline with a defender on. He made another massive grab. He had three huge grabs in the second half alone. And T. Higgins had them hands over the middle of the end zone to get another touchdown for Clemson. Clemson is the first 15-0 team in college football since 1897. No, I did not stutter. It's not 1987. It's not 1997. Since 1897. You know Syracuse became an institution, what, 1870? So think back how many years this is, folks, okay? How many years? We're in, we're in 2019. 2019 right now, and the last time there was a 15-0 and team in college football was back in 1897. That's 122 years ago. 122 years ago is the last time that this happened. Trevor Lawrence is also one of two freshman quarterbacks to win a national championship, and he's the first true freshman quarterback to ever win a college football playoff championship in that era, and it's been a long time since back in 1985 since a true freshman has done it. So two true freshmen, history of college football, at quarterback, win a national championship. Only one of them, Trevor Lawrence, has won a college football playoff national championship because the college football playoff wasn't here back in the 90s. So big time congrats to Clemson and to Dabo Sweeney, a coach that I appreciate, respect, and always enjoy speaking with. Clemson made this game a statement on where they're at and where they're going. And they always find a way to pay their assistance, and they find a way to make it work. Big-time shout-out to Clemson, who had a game from Syracuse and had a game from Texas A&M. But Alabama, Alabama outside of that early on, it was Clemson's defense from the jump. It was their offense getting comfortable and finding a way. Everybody wants to talk about Alabama's rushers are going to be guys that will play in the NFL. Well, what about Feaster? What about ETN? Trevor Lawrence, as a true freshman, wins a national championship. What does that say about the next couple of years for Clemson? So, going to be a hell of a dogfight against Syracuse, and Syracuse can hang their hat on a 10-3 and season where they're the last team that pushed Clemson. Nobody else did, not even the big bad wolf that is the Alabama Crimson Tide. There was no tide rolling this morning, just a lot of tiger claws all over that Alabama field. Shout out to Clemson for taking care of business. They are the team that I decided would win this game, and many of you had as well. We'll talk about what the fans were saying after this. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily. You know, we bring in local produce. We prepare to order in the kitchen. We hand bread our chicken. We hand spin our milkshakes. It's it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It's different. We, we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so you know, I think it feels remarkable 
for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice from buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing, with Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing, proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Happy to be here with you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And always appreciate being with you on the app. You can get the show on TuneIn Radio. You can get the show as well on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, the RSS feed, the Podbean app as well. And you can go directly to wakeupcalldt.podbean.com or you can just go to the wakeupcalldt.com homepage and click on the on-demand portal and you can pick it up there as well. So many ways to get connected to the show and over 1,100 broadcasts that you can listen to right now as we step into 2019 You can go all the way back to July and August of 2012 to listen in to the broadcast of Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. So thank you for your support over the years. I truly appreciate it, and I'm honored. So thank you for that. Before we get into the ingredients to success, I want to get into what the fans were saying. I took a bunch of people's thoughts from yesterday. I asked around here and wanted to get as many as we could on what you said, your prognostications of the game. More of you picked Clemson than Alabama. Nico from Home Team Pub picked Clemson 41 to 35. Joey from the Home Team Pub, the owner, had Clemson 28-25. Marvin Graves, who played for Syracuse, had he was on the same wavelength as me. I had a dream the night before the game that Clemson was going to defeat Alabama in the 30s by one point. So I had Clemson 32-31. Marvin Graves had 31-30 Clemson. Jason Leone, who you just heard from earlier on in the show, had 42-31 Bama. Jason Lucas had 34-31 Bama. Kelly had 21-14 Alabama. Nick Cicero, my producer, had 54-13 Alabama. He had the blowout, but on the wrong side. 
Jordan Newman, who you know from the show, had 41-38 Clemson. Ralph had 34-20 Alabama. Debbie had 21-13, my number and my grandfather's number, Clemson. John Newman, who is with me at halftime, did a halftime live show here on video on Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT that you can go watch. And it's also on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora's Facebook page at Wake Up Call DT. John had 24-17 Alabama. Papa Joe, who's on every Thursday to start the broadcast here on Wake Up Call, he had 21-17 Clemson. Joe had 38-30 Clemson. Ace had 35-20 Clemson. You know Austin Morris for being on the show. And Ross Turetsky, who you know we just talked about a little bit ago, had Alabama 27-20. On Twitter, the majority of you picked Alabama. On Facebook, the majority of you picked Clemson. None of us had the score right. The closest score was 54-13, which Nick had, but he had Alabama. And my 32-31 Clemson victory, where I thought Clemson would win a squeaker in the 30s, hey, I was right about the team, but who would have thunk that big old Alabama would have their house blown down instead of blowing the house down, and they lose the game 44-16. And to go back to that moment, that crazy, crazy moment that you can overlook because there's so much, because you're just in shock that Alabama could lose a game this bad to anybody, even though Clemson's good, for Alabama to lose to anybody in a blowout. But to go back and look at it and say, Alabama's only lead of the game was 16 to 14 in the first quarter. They didn't score a single point after that. They didn't score a single point in the beginning of the second quarter, I should say, 16 to 14. They did not score a single point in the rest of the second quarter and in the entire second half. For more than half the game, Alabama went scoreless. After getting the lead 16 to 14, they gave up 30 unanswered points. After being down 16 to 14, Clemson went on a 30 to nothing run. And that's got everybody doing the dab. Oh, this morning. Shout out to Dabo. Hell of a job, hell of an effort, hell of a team who got pushed by Syracuse and Texas A&M, but didn't get pushed by Nick Saban, didn't get pushed by big old Notre Dames, didn't happen. And yes, I know how to say Notre Dame. I was making a joke. Oh my God, I can't believe that I listened to the show today. The guy doesn't even know how to say Notre Dame. Coach of the year, Brian Kelly, almost shut out by Dabo Sweeney. Every team in their wake, including Wake, spanked by Clemson. And the last time a game was actually a game was in Death Valley when the other team in orange named Syracuse went up against them. And the Clemson Tigers were at the top of the ACC, the number one team out of 14, and they win the national championship. And the second best team in the ACC was Syracuse, right behind at 10-3. and three. And the game is in the dome. And if this baby doesn't sell out, I don't know what you people will be doing that day. But if you are not in the carrier dome, you might as well just take your license and hand it back to whatever place you go to, whichever DMV of your choice. Give them back your license and leave the state of New York. Because if you are not at this game, and Clemson fans travel, folks, and they travel on private jets with their dogs. And I'm not kidding. Not being facetious, it happens. 
If you are not at the Clemson-Syracuse game at the Carrier Dome in Central New York in 2019, give back your New York State license and leave Central New York. It takes about 50,000 people, just shy of 50,000 people, to pack the Dome. And the last time that the reigning national champion Clemson Tigers came to town, Syracuse beat them. Now they're the reigning national champions. They'll be coming to town. And we get to see the top two ACC teams from 2018 face off in 2019. What's on your schedule that day? Nothing. I don't care what's going on. You got a bar mitzvah? Move it. You got a bat mitzvah? Move it. Somebody's getting married? Send a beautiful gift and tell them that you'll take them out to lunch after. You have a place to be, and it's the Carrier Dome. I already can't wait for the game. I'm really pissed off that college football is over, so I'm going to milk this as long as I can. We'll take a step aside for a fast break. We'll come back and wrap up the show with the ingredients to success in just a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Consistency is, well, consistently hard to find. Unless you head to 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, the home of the Penn and Trophy Center, who has been serving us central and upstate New Yorkers, as well as beyond, for decades. The Penn and Trophy Center on 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York, gives you an amazing and unique way to customize a memory today. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. Be it an Employee of the Month award, a sports award, something for your business, engraving for your family, your loved ones, anniversaries, birthday parties, and so much more, including remembering somebody who served in the military. Say it with the Penn and Trophy Center. 119 East 2nd Street in East Syracuse, New York. The definition of consistency is Penn and Trophy. Browse their products on penandtrophy.com. That's penandtrophy.com. And call them for more information at 315-422-8797. That's 315-422-8797. Get Hilton quality service at the most affordable price at True by Hilton Camillus. Located right next to Costco in Township 5. True by Hilton Camillus offers you their signature Top It breakfast bar with over 30 different toppings to personalize the most important meal of the day. All complimentary with your stay. For reservations and information, call 315-314-8676. That's 315-314-8676. True by Hilton Camillus. Hilton quality service at the most affordable price. 
Having peace of mind when you're out of town that your furry loving friend is safe and sound means taking them to canine campground because we all know that when it comes to the love of our pets, it goes well beyond the call of duty to make sure they're safe and sound. Right, Lily? So take a ride to 242 Johnson Street in East Syracuse, New York, and see Canine Campground and where your dog will be staying in the classic cabin, the executive cabin, the grand cabin, or of course, the luxury cabin, because if you know Lily, you know she loves luxury. Now you don't have to wait to the last minute to find a family member or a friend that'll take your dog for a few days. Call Canine Campground at 315-299-4013. That's 315-299-4013. Their drop-off and pickup times are Monday through Sunday. Check K9Campground.com for more information. That's the letter K, the number 9, and campground spelled with a K, dot com. K9Campground.com. When you're going out of town, bring your dog to Canine Campground. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on Wake Up Call DT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. It's that part of Tuesday's show right in the last segment of the broadcast, right around 10.50 a.m. Eastern Time. The Ingredients to Success, proudly brought to you exclusively here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora by Utica Pizza Company, and it's a Utica thing. Utica Pizza Company is located on 628 South Main Street in North Syracuse, New York. You can call them for catering, takeout, and delivery at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. I hope you took full advantage of their holiday specials that they had. If you did not, they still have specials going on all the time. You can call 315-214-3060 to find out what those are. And you can go in there and get the wake-up call number one pick, Chicken Riggy Pizza. You can call ahead. If you want to get a couple slices for lunch today for you and the guys or you and the lady that you're meeting or the girls or whatever it may be, or you're bringing mom or dad or your kids, whatever it is, call in advance, 315-214-3060. Hey, you got that wake-up call number one special? You got that? You got the chicken riggy pizza? Oh, we didn't put one in yet. You want us to put one in? Sure. I want three slices. Boom. By the time you get there, you'll have some chicken riggy pizza, and it's awesome. It's so good. I mean, it's it's chicken riggies, and it's their pizza. If a baby was formed from that. So the ingredients to success definitely make sense when it comes to Utica Pizza Company because they took two things that I loved, they married them together, and it is absolutely decadent, I think is the word I'm going to use today. It's wonderful. So get yourself some chicken riggy pizza today or any of your favorites at Utica Pizza Company. It's a Utica thing is Utica Pizza Company on wheels. It's a Utica thing will come to your location and they will create a menu for you, for your event, for your business, whatever you got going on. They will pull up with the menu that you have, and they will cook right there for you and all your people. And It's a Utica Thing is also available with their tomato pie and their line of riggy sauces, their matanade, their red pepper, all around central and upstate New York in the state of New York. They're now available at Wegmans. They're available at Nichols, Spiras, Price Chopper, Beacon Skiff, Stewart Shops, and so much more. So go and get your It's a Utica Thing, Utica Pizza Company products at your local stores, and you can have them come to your location. 315-214-3060. Call for more information. The ingredients to success for this week have to do with Clemson's Dabo Sweeney. 
Dabo is somebody that I've had the opportunity, the honor, and the privilege of being around for the last six years, five, six years. He is a coach who put Clemson on the map. He's a coach who took down the almighty big bad wolf Alabama by blowing him out. He treated Alabama as Alabama treats others. And he does it in a humble manner. His ingredients to success, recruit good kids. Don't just get four and five-star athletes. Get the kids who stay out of trouble. There's other schools and institutions that get five-star athletes that have to deal with arrests and suspensions and getting kicked off the team. And even if they're on the team, they have to deal with it in the locker room. Clemson, somehow, some way, gets the Dexter Lawrences and the Christian Wilkins and the Trevor Lawrences and the Justin Rosses and the Travis Etienne's and so on and so forth of the world, the four and the five-star guys, that they don't have to worry about. So an ingredient to Dabo's success, recruiting. Another ingredient, keep your assistants happy. Brent Venables is paid like a head coach. He's taken care of. He could leave. He could go somewhere else. He could try me a head coach somewhere, make the same amount of money, maybe a little bit more. But he stays at Clemson, and he stays a coordinator. That's got to be, it's not just money, it's got to be love. It's got to be the connection that he has with Debo Sweeney. It's got to be the environment and the culture. Being humble is an ingredient to success. Doing your homework is an ingredient to success. Recruiting. The right kids on and off the field. Let me say, should I say it again? On and off the field. On the field, also off the field. Not a head case who's good at football, but character kids. Then you add in the community, the family. Dabo talks about these kids like they're his kids. 90 kids, 100 kids, they're all his kids. And some people have this and some people don't. We've talked about this on the show for years. Some people have a faith, some people don't. Some people have something that they believe in, and some people call it God. But what I appreciate about Dabo is what I got to do back in July, which I got to ask him about his faith. I got to ask him about God. And he looked at me. He said, I never thought I could ask that question. And he went on to speak about it. And it was because he moved me so much when he won the last national championship that they said, Dabo, da-da-da-da, about you. And he talked about God. Dabo, about the team. And he talked about God. And he talked about his faith. And he talked about family. And he talked about community. And he talked about bringing things together. And it's bigger than him. And he believes in something higher than him. He doesn't talk about himself. He talks about his faith. He talks about God. He talks about the kids that make the program. He talks about the assistant coaches. He talks about the organization and the university. So if you're looking for ingredients to success, it's hard to get caught up in things at times, right? You get caught up. I'm a business owner. I just had this conversation. I put my name on the door. So I constantly sometimes feel, a lot of times feel, that I have to always be telling you, why we're good at what we do here, why we're different, why we're special, always selling. Instead of just saying, I'm going to get up in the morning, I'm going to believe in God, 
I'm going to have a strong faith in myself, in my loved ones, in what I do, in my God, in all the stuff that matters to me. I'm going to shout out to my grandparents, who I love dearly, up in heaven. I'm going to be a good son. I'm going to be a good friend. I'm going to be a good partner, a good person. And I'm going to put my touch on everything I do and give it all I got. That is all you have to do. You don't have to tell everybody, look at everything I'm doing. You don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to beg for somebody's approval. You don't have to ask to be appreciated. Dabo doesn't talk about himself and tell you how great he is. He didn't talk about himself really much at all. And he's hoisting his second national championship trophy in the last three years. So a faith in yourself and faith in something bigger than you, faith in the people that you're around, trust in yourself, hard work, determination. What did he say? We're going to enjoy the win today, and then on Friday we're going to have a meeting about how we're going to do this next year. Spend your energy on having faith in the people that matter, in the things that matter, in your God or your or whatever you believe that matters. Have your faith, have your belief, have your joy, have your appreciation, give your best effort, and stop telling people how great it is. Don't feel like you have to defend it at all. True champions are the champions of their own life. And whether you believe in God or not, I think this is one of the greatest statements ever made, is that they said, it's not about going, and you, and we all know these people, and I don't know why people do this, but the people that stand on the corner with a megaphone and they tell everybody they're going to hell, whatever. I have always taken the notion of you don't pray with a megaphone, you pray behind closed doors on your knees where nobody can see you, Right? The, the 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 test of a true character is how you treat people when nobody else is around. How do you treat your wife when nobody else can see you? How do you treat your husband when nobody is watching? How do you treat your kids when you're not in public? How do you treat yourself? No show, no stage, no nothing. How do you treat yourself and others when nobody is watching and you can't get a medal for it and you can't get a trophy for it. You want to know why Dabo Sweeney is a champion? Because I believe that who he is behind closed doors on his knees or who he is at his kitchen table or who he is in his office is who is standing on that stage going, I love God, I love my faith, I love my team, I love my people, I love my family. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. Work in the trenches diligently. Nobody sees, what is it What is it about the iceberg? That we only see the tip of the iceberg, but there's so much of it that is always under the water. Everybody sees the little tip that comes out of the water, right? That success, that little bit of success. But they don't see the rest of the iceberg, which is every piece of work to get to that little tip to poke out of the water to be success. You're the iceberg. You're the meat and potatoes. They see the top, but they don't see all the rest. My job to you today 
my hope for you today, my wish for you today, is that you surround yourself with people who take the time to know what's under the water. And that you stay away from the people that are just looking to see what's poking outside of the water. Have a great day. Be good to you. And be humble in the trenches. And you'll be successful. Shout out to Dabo Sweeney. One of the best doing it in any business. I will be back with you Wednesday, January 9th. As always, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. WakeUpCallDT.com. We got a lot of fun stuff coming up. I can't wait for Wednesday's show. I'm excited. But before that, we have trivia. Now back. The holidays are over. Sad. Christmas is over. New Year's is over, which means, because they were both on a Tuesday, we are back tonight, January 8th at 7 p.m. at the Press Room Pub for weekly trivia So come see me out there. Let's have some fun. Let's enjoy the new year together. Happy 2019 once again, everybody. And I will talk with you on Wednesday, and hopefully I'll see you tonight. God bless and be well, and have yourselves a tremendous Tuesday.